Hey everybody, this is Matthew Krauss and you are listening to an episode of the podcast Working Drummer. Today I talk with Dr. Preston Wakefield, a chiropractor based in Nashville. Using a technique called active release, Preston has helped many musicians with repetitive stress injuries get back to work in a very short amount of time. Two times I visited Preston, the results were instantly noticeable. He also gave me information that I was able to take with me so that I could continue to keep my hands and my body healthy. We are very excited to announce that this episode is sponsored by Forks Drum Closet. Located just south of downtown Nashville off 12th Avenue South, whether you're a pro player, student, weekend warrior, or collector, Forks has everything you need for your drumming demands. So if you're ever in Nashville, you've got to stop by and see the incredible selection of high-end gear. Also, come see where the pros shop and hang out. You never know who you might run into. Visit them at ForksDrumCloset.com or give them a call at 800-553-6757. To find out more about this episode and other episodes... You can find us at WorkingDrummer.net. You can find us on Twitter at Working underscore Drummer. We're also on Instagram. And you can find us on iTunes where you can subscribe and new episodes will be sent to your smart device every week. Here is Preston Wakefield. How many songs would you play in a night? How many songs do I play a night? Yeah, when you're out on the road. Um, I'd say I just got off a two and a half week tour and there was a two-hour set with a 15-minute, I would say, 20 to 25 songs. Okay. And the average time on those, four to five minutes each? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And most of them, four, four time? Yeah, yeah. Think about how many times you hit a backbeat. Yeah. Thousands. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. A night. Right. You go play two hours with a 15-minute break. Yeah. You sit there and your hands do the same thing over and over and over again, right? Yeah. You're bound to wear out if yeah. you don't take care of it, if you don't uh, stretch the muscles, wake the brain up. Yeah. So they tell the brain, hey, this is the way it needs to be. Mm-hmm. But it takes a lot of discipline yeah. to make that happen. Right. You know? And part of it, like you said, is just knowing what to do. Sure. When you say discipline, like, are you talking about? Knowing what to do to, to prepare yourself? Just because um, one doesn't feel any discomfort at all, that's not the, the, the time to stretch is, and take care of it is then, not when you're hurting. Mm-hmm. You need right. to go ahead and do the things, right. prepare yourself mentally. Okay? People come in, they see me, they're like, oh my God, I dropped a stick the other night. My hand went numb and I dropped a stick. Mm-hmm. They're scared. Yeah. They had no knowledge prior to coming in here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's the whole point here. I think maybe we just we feel like we're indestructible. Yeah, we all do. That's welcome to the human race. Right. <laughs> you know, it'll get better. Yeah. Right. So the process is is fairly easy. You know, I, I to do what I've done and trained to do, I have to have a really good knowledge of the anatomy. Yeah. And I have to understand what nerve is doing what to what muscle and how it's all supposed to work together. And it's a synchronous kind of thing. With fatigue, pH changes in a muscle. The body kind of freaks out. starts laying down scar tissue in and around these muscles and nerves and things like that. And it takes over time, five, six, seven, ten years 
Who knows? Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, one day, one wakes up and goes, oh, no. Yeah. What happened? What's happening here? Let's just take a culmination of a long process of events that have happened. Uh-huh. wasn't like you fell, suffered any kind of a trauma. It just happened. So it's a cumulative right. type thing. Right. Right. Uh, my mentor, Mike Leahy in uh, Colorado Springs, came up with a formula that kind of predicts you know, what's going to happen and involves the amplitude of the movement or how far you move something, the force you use, the number of times you do it, and the relaxation time. And this number is inverse proportional to the insult. So the higher the number, the lower the insult. Mm-hmm. But what we get into is, especially with the heavy players that are hitting the drums hard, yeah. a lot of force. Yeah. You know, no relaxation time. Things just start to get a little tenacious within the muscle groups. Yeah. And then by the time I see people, they're like, oh, my God. Oh, geez, I'm going to lose my job. <laughs> I'm going to, what's going yeah. on? I can't hold a stick. Yeah. So the idea is uh, to, um, with treatment, is just to uh, put tension along a muscle, um, check and see if it's, what's it doing to the muscle adjacent to it. Mm-hmm. And if you think about your forearm, you've got one, two, three, four layers of muscle, and then you flip it over, and you've got another two layers of muscle on that side. Mm-hmm. So you've got six layers of muscle. If you look at your forearm from the front to the back, you've got all this soft tissue working in there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Blood supply, nerve supply. It all gets influenced with a lot of cumulative stuff. What I try to do is just teach people how to take care of themselves. Right, right. So what, what, is there anything outside of the stretching, say, unrelated to what you're describing in your arms and your wrist? overall lifestyle do you give advice like that no 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 okay (laughs) no i'm just in the muscle and nerve thing okay is there any one particular injury that you see more often with drummers say in particular sure um the big one everybody says i have carpal tunnel syndrome yeah okay well I've seen uh, tendonitis called carpal tunnel syndrome mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. Usually, um, carpal tunnel syndrome is something that involves right in the base of your hand. There's a tunnel there that a nerve runs through, and your thumb and your index finger and your middle finger will go numb. That's carpal tunnel. Okay. Everything else is, it hurts in my elbow. Yeah. You know. That's just a garden variety tendonitis type of thing okay. that happens. And you described carpal tunnel to me. I guess I never made the word association up until that point. And you said, well, it's a tunnel. Right. And the tendon is running through it. Yeah, and the nerve. Yeah. And the nerve. And you have scar tissue that is preventing that. Transmission of the trans- nerve. Things right. go numb. The wrist swells. Yeah. You know, I very rarely see a drummer with this. Very rarely. Interesting. Okay. Um, most of it involves up to, and I have to treat all the way to the shoulder and the neck sometimes. With carpal tunnel? No, with oh. drumming problems. With drumming problems. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I see. You have to take, I have to take a look at how, you know, I watch people drum. I watch them. I have a practice pad, and I sit in there, and I yeah. watch them. Or they play overhand grip, or they traditional grip. What's you know right. what's going on? Right. What style of music do they play? Yeah, all those things come into consideration, and posture is a huge deal too in preventing 
oh, wow. problem. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, if you're if you're sitting there on a kit and your drums are high and you're reaching out and you're banging, yeah, everything, yeah, that's good for a while. But I see that the older drummers and the more experienced drummers, they're all sitting low. Their kits are low. Their drums are down. Yeah. They're using a lot less uh, motion to create the sound that they want. I see. You know? I see. They it's have, a little bit tighter setup, right. so they don't have to reach so much right. to get. Reaching's not a, really a bad thing. Um, I'll mention a, a story. Uh, Trey, I hope you don't mind. Um, Trey Gray came to see me a long, long time ago, and mm-hmm. he was uh, drumming. He would take his left hand for his backbeat. He, would, he was a tennis star in college. Oh, I didn't know. Play. He's been on the show, actually. Right. And, He's been and he, Trey for years. He would pick his left arm way up in the air, and then he would bang it down. And he would be like, I can't quit doing this. This is my stick. And it was just killing him. And he was doing it all night long, you know? And yeah. he was just, well, the, uh, I saw him uh, later on, and he certainly had lowered his kit, gotten smart about things, and he yeah. didn't hurt anymore. My legal title is chiropractor. I'm a mm-hmm. doctor of chiropractic. Um, been doing, started doing active release techniques, which is what I do. Um, I practice under the umbrella of chiropractic. Mm-hmm. It's more involved in muscle um, function, movement patterns, things like that. I got into it because I was doing a gross anatomy dissection and I kept noticing this strange white stuff in between layers of muscle. And since nobody in my class really wanted to do dissection, I'd do another one. I'd go over and look at another body. Oh, really? Well, as I go deeper with all this white stuff around there, I'd see all this arthritic change and looked like total dysfunction, just ragged out joints. And I'd go to another body and I'd look at it, and none of the, or very little of that same stuff was there. And I'd go deeper into the joint, and it looked good. Hmm. And I thought, what is this? What is this stuff? And um, through some help with a teacher of mine, I uh, figured out that it was a collagen scar tissue. And it was restricting movement. Yeah. And nothing could function like it was supposed to. Mm-hmm. So especially in the shoulder, there's a real synchronous thing that has to happen with the shoulder. You've got eight muscles moving the shoulder, mm-hmm. four rotator cuff muscles that hold it in place, and then some others that move things. Yeah. So a lot going on there. Yeah. For a drummer, it's really important. Mm-hmm. I decided um, that I would pursue that. Okay. Just rather than being, um, I wanted another tool in my toolbox as a chiropractor. I wanted, And one thing led to another, and um, I met Michael Leahy, he developed active release techniques out in Colorado Springs. Um, I've been a student of his for about 22 years now. Okay. And um, he's my mentor. I teach for him. Mm. Um, it's really a great thing that's happening out there. It's really changing the way um, people in my profession are looking at it. There have been a lot more active release providers that are coming out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. onto the scene. And it's kind of a new way of looking at physical therapy, body function. You know, we don't use traditional diagnostic tools to help us. We, lo- we look at movement patterns. Mm-hmm. We see how things move. Mm-hmm. And, we, and we have a really good understanding of proper biomechanics, and we make changes in muscle tension and stuff to try to 
recreate that proper movement. Right. That's what it's all about. And uh, is there a reason why you're in Nashville? Uh, you, did you just study in Colorado? <laughs> no, I was. Well, we, these we were. I was all over the country taking these classes. Okay. Um, I moved back to Nashville. Okay. I left for um, 26 years, swearing I was never going to return. <laughs> when I left, um, Nashville was. That's not what it is today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but something changed while I was away, mm-hmm. and uh, moved back here in 1995. Okay. And uh, I'm not leaving. <laughs> it's changed a lot. I yeah. Mean, even in the last five years. Oh yeah. 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 It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so that's my affiliation with uh, Middle Tennessee and Nashville. Yeah. Are you a musician? Um, no. No. <laughs> You've got no. all these things. There's a guitar behind me. Right. You got drumsticks and right, but is I have played the guitar. Okay, what's the what's the percentage of clients um, that are musicians compared to non musicians? I would venture to guess that probably my, most of my practice is um, athletic, okay. athletics. Mm-hmm. Um, but the same things apply here. I would say probably maybe fifteen twenty percent of my. Okay, but they're string players, you know. Okay. They're um, guitar players, mm-hmm. bass players, yeah, drummers. Mm-hmm. Anybody that has to do the same thing over and over and over with their hands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the rest of it is usually amateur athletes and some professional sports. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is there, um, is there something significant, like you said, there's a common ailment with drummers, and I, I want to talk a little bit more about that, but is there something that you see in bass players and guitar players that's a reoccurring injury that maybe is different than you see in drummers. I know a lot of guitar players that have shoulder and back problems because they're slumped over. They're a, slumped over. They're holding that the weight of that mm-hmm, guitar. And mm-hmm. I feel... Then we get back to the posture thing. Yeah, okay. It drives a lot of that. Yeah. So when you were talking before about older drummers changing their setup or discovering this any i guess any age drummer discovering the usefulness of their setup and how it affects their playing do you see guitar players making that change as well no no (laughs) (laughs) you know you take a sessions player that's sitting sitting down in a uh, room and you know the one thing i understand about great musicians is they're not really thinking about playing they're listening to the thing coming out of the amp yeah, yeah. They're not, you know, great drummers. They're not thinking about how they look or how they sit or what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They're listening to the sound that comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what the rest of us will never be able to figure out. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what makes musicians great. Sessions players slump over their instruments. Right. Had a lot of bass and guitar players, sessions players that have come in, and their their posture is all the same. They put the guitar on their right leg and they're leaned over. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And they sit there and do that for eight hours a day. Right. You know? So I have to make them aware too. Yeah. That yeah. sometimes standing is a good thing. Right. You and know? there's been a trend towards this whole standing thing in people with office jobs and desk jobs. Sure. You know? And so uh, why is that? Because uh, bad posture sitting is a, just another cumulative injury. You know, just 
a lot of the population that I see, they come in, their shoulders are forward, their neck is extended out, their chin is up, they're staring at computer monitors all day long, mm-hmm. and they wonder why they hurt. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so. Right. right. I'm thinking, well, I, uh, I'm glad I don't have an office job, but I, but I kind of do. I sit. You know, we're all sitting. But, but you're moving. But we're moving, right, right. exactly. Except when I travel and I'm crammed in a in an airplane. Right. That's another thing. I mean, I don't know how many times after I'm done with a gig, I, I feel good. I feel, you know, you're fired up. Endorphins are firing. You're just, you feel great. Maybe a little sore the next day. But what gets me is the plane flights. Oh, yeah. The bus rides, the taxis, whatever. Just being crammed in that spot for hours on end. I'm like, Get me on a set of drums. That's got to be so much healthier. Than oh, this. oh yeah, sure it is. Sitting still, you know. I, um, I used to think that the human race would evolve into this thing with these great big eyes and big heads and long fingers and a big butt, <laughs> S- staring at a computer all day long, operating machinery. Well, I don't know, um, but it is a chronic problem throughout society that. Um, so many people hurt all the time and don't know why. I know it seems like an overly simple explanation for a lot of health problems, but good posture, you know, have you ever seen a 75-year-old person that stands up straight? You can look in their eyes and see that there's somebody there. They're Mm -hmm. articulate. Mm -hmm. You know, they're Mm -hmm. responsive. They know what they're talking about. They're just sharp people. They Mm -hmm. seem to never age. Mm -hmm. You take another person 10 years younger, those crappy posture and their head sticking out and their shoulders are slumped ahead of them. Yeah. You know, they're not so nice. They're kind of crabby. Right, right. Okay? Right, right. And that's it's just a really, really, really important part of the, of the puzzle. Is there any direct advice that you would give to a drummer? Like if you had a, a drummer that was coming in and say, tell me how to set up, tell me how to sit, how high to sit. I would say address uh, get your setup for your sound, the sound that you're after, mm. where you can spend the least amount of energy mm-hmm. getting that sound. Yeah, you know, and you know, I don't know what that is. Sure, you know, I'm I'm sure it's contingent on the type of music one's playing. Yeah, I don't know, but I think that, oh, as a general rule, the more upright you are. And the drum levels are, are comfortable where you can get that sound. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, if you want to reach for a cymbal or you want to go over here for a hi-hat and you want to play this thing up here, that's great. I think one really great way to, to limit cumulative trauma while you're drumming is to change your setup every once in a while. Interesting. You know, yeah. lift your snare drum up. Yeah. Put your toms in a different place. So you're not doing the same thing, same time. To avoid cumulative trauma. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. You know? The first person that recommended uh, you to me was Lee Kelly. And uh, Lee has talked about seat height and that when he was playing, he was sitting very, very low. And um, I always noticed that about him. And then um, he's been raising his seat ever, ever, you know, slightly. And there's just different theories on that, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's, 
that's the thing about the drum set is it's such a young instrument. You know, not the drums, of course, but the drum set. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just maybe just a little over 100 years old now. Mm -hmm. So um, there's always new approaches and um, different philosophies on on setup and approach and playing and, and all these things. But it does come down to the physical because drums are just one of the most physical instruments. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, so I think we're always addressing new issues, and that's always been a discussion for as long as I've known. You know. Let me ask you, how, how did your uh, professors or your teachers address that stuff? Yeah, uh, it, they didn't. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's um, okay. They just didn't know. Well, they didn't know, and, and, and I wonder now that uh, teachers are teaching more modern styles of playing, which involve heavier and louder playing, if that is going to become more of a thing. Um, I know that when it comes to taking care of yourself, there are teachers out there that if they catch you smoking or drinking too much, they're like, get it together. You've got to have a healthy body in order to perform. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they're looking at the bigger picture oftentimes. You just can't not take care of yourself, you know, if you want to be a good and a successful player. And I think in a competitive market like Nashville, you have to have a lot of those things under control so that your habits aren't impeding your personality, your yeah. performance. There's so many other factors. Yeah, 90% of life and success in life is showing up, right? Yes, yes. And ready to be ready to go. Physically and yeah. mentally and all those, all right. those things. I kind of want to talk a little bit more about the injury that you see in drummers. You mentioned it's not carpal tunnel. Right. It's something else. It's, um, can you describe it? Can <clears throat> you, is there a name for it? Is it in uh, a particular yeah, part? Well, there's there's two or three. Um, mm -hmm. There's this thing, inflammation of tendons, right? Like you would feel it at the at your elbow. Yes. There'd be some pain out on the lateral side of your elbow out there. Um, that's just uh, usually a restriction of some muscles, causes a tightening of the muscle group, mm -hmm. and the tendons is the thing that gets influenced by that. Okay. Okay. The other thing is a peripheral nerve entrapment, the most famous being carpal tunnel, where your hands go numb. Okay. And but it's not carpal tunnel? No. Okay. Peripheral no. nerve, nerve entrapment. entrapment. Yeah. There are predictable spots where a nerve courses through your forearm or your elbow or in your shoulder mm -hmm. that will cause the muscles will tighten around that nerve and will cause a numbness or tingling. Okay. And uh, by working on those sites and, and feeling for the um, where the entrapments are, yes, we can relieve that mm -hmm. usually pretty quickly. Yeah, and get everybody back on the road. Yeah, to doing what they need to do. I think that that probably was the last time I saw you was my personal issue. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't remember which hand it was. Probably the left hand is when I've had more issue. Ironically, the backbeat hand. Ironically, huh? Um, <laughs> you squeezed my wrist. I had my wrist. Maybe we'll get some pictures of this. I pulled my hand back as far as I could, palm up, mm -hmm. 
pinched the wrist and then bent down mm-hmm. as right. far. And and you pointed out where some of those ner- uh, those tendons tendons were. were. Yeah. And I could feel that pulling mm-hmm. through. Yeah. And it was lubricating the... Well, the tendon had lost its ability to slide uh, through a piece of anatomy called a retinaculum. Okay. It's like a belt that holds all the tendons down mm-hmm. at your wrist. Mm-hmm. And it has these little holes that the tendons slide through. Yeah. And, you know, when you're flexing your wrist up and down like this all night long, yeah. it starts to develop a little bit of a um, restriction in there. Yeah. So the so the the tendon can't really slide through that retinaculum. So what we did was treat that. We yeah. I held the retinaculum and you pulled the tendon through and voila, we took the restriction away. Everything yeah. was great again. Yeah, and it's stayed that way for months and months and over a year. Right. Because you've been doing what you've been doing the stretching and stuff that I showed doing you. The stretching and and but. And one of the things you asked me was, do you warm up? And I do. I mean, mm-hmm. almost religiously. Uh, it's been a part of how I prepare to perform, whether it's physically and mentally. It's been always a part of what I do. Uh, I also do a bit of yoga mm-hmm. and things like that, along with other exercise, which I want to talk about. But um, you were like, that's great. That's so mm-hmm. good. That's you don't ever stop doing that the importance of warming up is lost on so many people so do you meet a lot of players that come in with problems and and what's their answer to that when you say do you warm up do you stretch they say i don't know what to stretch Mm. i don't know what to do Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i know that i'm dropping a stick that's all i know (laughs) (laughs) is there is there a stretch that you could explain that without pictures or video that that uh... I can try um, probably the, the most important stretch for a drummer is to um, say we're going to stretch your right hand okay we'll just go the step by step I want you to take your left palm and put it on your right palm okay then I want you to extend your arm straight out in front of you and with your left hand kind of pull your fingers back and then turn it your palm to the inside. Now I don't know if I did a really good job in articulating that or not, but it stretches out your forearm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So your forearm is pointed up. Right. Yeah, the forearm is pointed yeah. up. The hand is the fingers are pointed down at the floor. Yeah. And it stretches out the forearm. Mm-hmm. Um, for the um, top of the arm, all the extensor muscles mm-hmm. um, one can hang your hand down by your side yeah and simply flex your fingers towards the ceiling yeah and turn your hand as far out to the outside as you can so I'm if I'm using my right hand then I'm turning my hand to the left my hand and wrist to the left counterclockwise I see like that yeah There's a, a group in Nashville, one of, in a Facebook group that's been created called the Drummer's Boot Camp. It's uh, just a collective group of uh, players that want to get together. Hey, we're all going to work out on Monday. We're going to meet at Centennial Park and do this or that. It's just kind of a, an, another one of those kind of community building mm-hmm. things, a chance for players to get together. And uh, those that are serious about exercise and kind of making that a part of a thing, 
which is really great. And I've never been able to participate, but I've, I've, I'm a member of the group, but I've never <laughs> been able to actually join uh, some of those guys. But I do um, make exercise a regular part of my thing. Um, probably about uh, four or five years ago, I got more serious about my health and exercising and trying to do more intense, uh, whether it was uh, weight resistance, mm-hmm. um, yoga, uh, cardio work, different things like that to kind of not only take care of myself physically, and but maintain so that I can be around when my kids are having kids and, right, and right. I can still perform. And wear cool clothes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, but I've also experienced some injuries in my efforts to take care of myself. And uh, do you have any advice on what to avoid maybe in a practice for exercise, whether it's weightlifting or running or some of those things that you read about oh well this is really bad for you or Mm. this is good for you or it turns out this isn't as bad for you as we thought but this is bad on your tendons this (laughs) is you know all those things what's your what's your kind of my take on all that yeah the conflicts and the data and the information and all right right how do we how do we navigate through all that well you know let's look at just take uh what you're doing it for a living and let's look at what needs to happen, okay? Probably the number one most important weight resistance exercise that you can do is an upright row where you try to touch your shoulder blades together as you pull your arms back. Yeah. Our bodies are geared for flexion, so everything, flexing our biceps, flexing our necks forward, flexing our spine forward, really need to be um, do the counter of all of that. So work on your spinal extension. Try to get your back up. Work on pulling your shoulder blades together. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Work your triceps. Mm-hmm. You know, don't do a lot of bench pressing. Mm. You know, bench pressing looks good. Mm-hmm. Leads to a lot of, of um, postural distortions. Because you're building those muscles in the front, which right. is causing like a contraction. Right. And n- neurologically, what happens when our shoulders go forward is that our head in order for us to stay balanced, has to, has to fall forward too. Just for us to stay balanced. And this is nothing that we can control. You know, your mom told you to sit up straight your whole life. Yeah. And, you know, I watch people in the office and I say, okay, you're sitting up straight? And they go, yeah. And, they, and what happens is their shoulders stay in the same protracted, meaning round, around in the front place, and they sit up. And as soon as your attention goes away from trying to sit up straight you fall right back into the same thing right because your brain is listening to the information that it's getting from the muscles not from your frontal lobe okay so you change your the input to your brain from the muscles and the brain knows exactly what to do and then you sit up effortlessly without even thinking about it right it's just that it's that simple right you know mom she meant well yeah if she really went well meant well she would uh, just tell you to go stretch in the doorway <laughs> okay <laughs> and it would have happened on its own right interesting we we work so hard training our limbs to do things on their own without our brains involved we do repetitive motion it's part of how we practice our craft mm-hmm. so that our brains aren't thinking right 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 left right right right, right left right it's the, it just happens it's over right. repetition over repetition so you're kind of implying the same thing 
create this musculature habit where your body takes over. Your brain's not involved. Your frontal lobe is not involved. Your frontal lobe is not involved. Gotcha. Okay. So that it happens naturally. Yeah, there's this brilliant, super fast part of our brains in the back called a cerebellum that drives all of this stuff. Yeah. You know, you... She writes for Prairie Home Companion, right? Cerebellum? Cerebellum. Yeah, she does. <laughs> Sorry. That's a different thing. That's yeah. Different. It's Saturday, man. I can't... Right, okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> Is there anything that you notice with older players uh, that's reoccurring or do anything that um, or or is there an age in which you see players come in to see you or does it or is it unrestricted to age I think all the great older players mm-hmm. I never see them wow they figured it out okay. they don't have trouble yeah they never have had trouble wow. they intuitively knew how to take care of themselves Mm-hmm. Okay. The probably the average age of most of the players that I see that are percussionist is 35 to 40. Yeah. yeah. You know, they've been doing it one way for a long time and it never was the right way. Yeah. And uh it was a way. Right. You know, it was the way they developed. And it just needed to be twisted a little bit, changed just a little. Mm-hmm. Not their technique. I don't talk about technique. I don't know anything about drumming. Mm-hmm. It's more about what your body does when you move. Yeah, yeah. You know, and your specific thing. Yeah. You know, it's too bad. You know, I see people when they've already when they already have the problem. Right, right. You know, right. I'm not trying to cut myself off financially or anything, but I would much rather teach people how to take care of themselves. Right. Than to have them come in here hurting. You know. Sure. 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 What do you like to listen to? What's your music, man? My music. Gosh. <laughs> you know, I, um, I listen to this ambient electronic uh, stuff in my office in order to drown out the, um, the moans and the groans of the gym that I'm a part of here. <laughs> uh, the oh, those computer-generated uh, percussion riffs and all that kind of stuff just drive me nuts yeah okay but but nevertheless they don't say anything they just play music so yeah i'm grew up in the 60s and 70s yeah you know um i like the new stuff that's going on yeah i listen to uh serious radio not knocking anybody's radio choices or anything but the new stuff that's going on in music in um in the rock scene I don't even know if you can even call it rock anymore. Yeah. I find it extremely refreshing and interesting to listen to. Sure, sure. And uh, I try to appreciate all artists for doing what they do. You know, I, I lied a little while ago. I played guitar for a while. Yeah. And, uh, you know, before I moved back to Nashville, I sold everything but one flat-top guitar. Wow. Because I knew that I was in, in Nashville at... I was on the bottom of the totem pole. <laughs> I know everybody has fun playing. Yeah. I have more fun listening. You know, I can appreciate what people are trying to do. Yeah. That, that's the only year that I have. Yeah. And how impossible it is for me to try to create that. It's just not going to happen. 
Well, and I know musicians that don't enjoy what they do. You know, it's it's unfortunate, but it becomes so much for them. It becomes work. It becomes, and, and it's a sad thing to see. And I come across it every once in a while. They lose touch with the fact that they get to create music for a living. Even in my profession. Yeah. Even what I do. You know, mm -hmm. I am one of the luckiest people in the world because I enjoy coming to work every day. Yeah. I get to see something different, a different ailment, a different presentation, a different way of looking at a problem that somebody's seen less everybody else for than the, I call myself the last house on the block. <laughs> you know, it's so much fun to be able to to use those things in a creative way. Yeah, yeah. To, to use insight in a creative way, to, to, yeah. to, to, to twist it just a little bit. Yeah. Well, man, you, you come off, you have a musician's vibe. Uh -oh. So, <laughs> you know, you don't come, you don't have the lab coat and the the whole thing. I mean, you know, it's no. like when I first time I came in, I was like, oh man, maybe this guy he knows what he's talking about. He's gonna. And then you pulled the drumsticks out and the pad, and I thought, okay, this is cool. I, I see, I see where it's going with this. Yeah. So you took it seriously, and I, I, you know, I had to know. It's like, what is your relationship with music? Your personal relationship with music, whether it's as a player or as a just yeah. a lover. I, yeah, I just love it. Yeah. I love it all. I mean, I really do. Yeah. Um, I don't understand the rhythmic poetry that's going on. I would like to say that um, for anyone who needs some help, um, there are a list of qualified providers. Um, you can find them at a website called ActiveRelease.com, one word, ActiveRelease.com. You can click on a find a provider, mm -hmm. type in your zip code, and hopefully someone in the vicinity will pick up. Yeah. And I think we're trained, uniquely trained, to treat a lot of the injuries that drummers suffer. Yeah. And because we're looking at not only the part that hurts, yeah. we're looking at what's going on with the entire shoulder, neck, what's happening with the posture, you know, how does this person move, what's their kit like, you know, all these things to take them into consideration when we try to help someone. And we're all trained to look at things that way. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not like my elbow hurts. Well, here, let's treat your elbow. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. I hope that if anybody's out there and, and needs some help that they'll go find someone. Yeah, please do. It, it, it's helped me a couple times that I've come to see you and the results have been long-lasting and well, helps me continue to play. You're just because you're dedicated to doing it. Right, right. You know? I couldn't imagine doing anything else. Right? Yeah, yeah. Good for ActiveRelease.com. Right. Great. Man, thank you so much. You're welcome. I appreciate it. Okay. So there's Preston Wakefield, everybody. Uh, it was great to sit down and pick his brain and um, he was very excited to have us come in and he just loves to share information. One of the things that I hear him repeat over and over is he just wants people to be healthy. So he's a great guy to see if you have any of these issues that we discussed. And I hope that the pictures are clear. I want to remind everybody about the National Drummers Jam that's coming up December 14th. There was an announcement uh, and uh, it is a tribute to Alex Van Halen. And uh, Alex is all on board. So we're excited to be involved in that. There's also a, a two-part video that we've got on our YouTube page that features Jeff Hartso from the Percussive Arts Society. PASIC 2015 is coming up 
next month in a couple weeks, but um, it was a fun interview, and you'll see the uh, pictures and the uh, kit that we're in front of and uh, lots of stuff there. So check that out on our YouTube page. Thank you, Mike Jackson, so much for your help making this sound good, look good, all those important things that uh, make this entertaining for everybody to listen to. Again, thanks everyone for listening and your continued support. Hope to see you around. Bye-bye.